Welcome to Bite Sized Benefits. We're here to conquer benefits confusion for the everyday employee who is sick of insurance jargon and complicated concepts and fed up with feeling taken advantage of by the insurance industry. Let's tackle some typically confusing benefits topics and turn them into digestible bite-sized nuggets, empowering you to make the most of your healthcare. Today's episode is extra special and for two reasons. First, I have my first guest in the series joining today, Shira Walensky, who heads up our national practice of health and well-being here at One Digital. Hi, Shira. Hey, Heather. Thank you so much for having me and setting that high expectation. <laughs> so glad you could be here. And secondly, this episode is special because we're talking about something that many people aren't talking about, and that is crushing the stigmas around mental health and in turn, normalizing counseling and therapy. Now, I'm going to admit something here because I would guess I'm not alone, but for the majority of my life, when I thought of mental health and treatment, I thought pretty much exclusively about psychiatric wards and of you know debilitating illnesses that people were dealing with. I never considered that the term mental health was actually something that each and every single one of us battles and on a daily basis. It might come in the form of anxiety in certain situations, or it might be the tendency to self-doubt and self-criticize. It could be the impact of a relationship, like a marriage or that of a family member, or it could be stress related to your finances and career. But we are all encountering struggles of some kind related to mental health. Wouldn't you agree, Shira? Absolutely, Heather. Really, we are all on the spectrum every single day. Some days we have the capacity to manage everything on our plate like a champ. And while some days we feel completely overwhelmed. When we think of mental health, many of us think specifically about clinically diagnosed conditions, but that's just one piece of it. Mental health also refers to our emotional health as well as our cognitive functions such as memory, reaction time and ability to focus. I know I always struggle with that one. (laughs) Let's call it brain health. Speaking of terminology, the way we talk about mental health plays a huge role in contributing to the stigma around it. I'm so glad you said that because I think the word crazy has such a triggering connotation and is a large part why we as humans are so ashamed or embarrassed or afraid to admit we may be struggling with our mental health. We don't want others to think we are crazy. We don't wanna be looked down on or perceived as weak or incapable. So we just try to ignore the struggles and hide them from our loved ones. Totally. And here's what I would challenge our audience. What if you woke up with a broken arm in excruciating pain? What would you do? Would you sit there bleeding and hope it felt better tomorrow or next week, maybe next month? Your mental health is just as important. Why do we tell ourselves to tough it out when we're struggling mentally or emotionally? Think of it this way. Even if you can make it through your day, let's say you could even make it through your week and even get by without not one person even noticing. You may have even convinced yourself that your arm isn't broken anymore. Here's what's really going on. 
besides you putting yourself through immense pain and suffering in the form of stress and anxiety, you're probably less focused at work. You're more irritable with the people you're close to. You might be more forgetful, causing yourself to be even more irritable. You might have less patience with others and yourself. You might be apt to find ways to numb the pain. And you might be more likely to put your health and safety at risk. So essentially, by forgoing getting help and acknowledging you're struggling with something, you're likely just making it worse. And it sounds like we may not always notice, but letting our mental health issues simmer can and does seep into other areas of our life. It's not really an isolated issue we can hide into a corner. It actually impacts you and me being our best you and me. Definitely. Okay, so now that we've addressed that everyone is dealing with some kind of emotional speed bump and there's no reason to be embarrassed, let's talk about how to find help and how to work to resolve these issues. Heather, getting help comes in a variety of packages, especially because all of us are unique and different and we may seek help differently and appreciate support in different forms. Sometimes it's just as simple as admitting to yourself that you need help and telling even just one person. Sometimes just talking about it out loud can be healing, but many of us need a little more support. And the good news is there is a variety of readily available resources out there to get the help we need. For one, your employer likely offers you a free employee assistance program, often called an EAP. This is a great opportunity where all you have to do is pick up the phone and call. And in some cases, you can even text and you don't even have to talk to anybody. And they offer a network of counselors and therapists and coaches, a wide variety of people that can get you the help that you need. A lot of times employers are expanding those resources to include things like virtual therapy and mindfulness and meditation trainings and apps. And outside of the workplace, there's tons of free resources. Many of them are app-based. You can just download them on your phone for free. Anything from mindfulness and meditation to training your brain games, all of those things right at your fingertips. There's also a helpline that I wanted to point out for Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, SAMHSA, that is free. And that number is 1-800-662-HELP. 1-800-662-HELP. And that's through SAMHSA. And if you or somebody you know is struggling and suffering and you have nowhere to go and don't know where to turn, there are a ton of great resources available. I'm so glad you shared that and we'll link that in our in our episode and resources as well for for folks to grab. But even I wasn't aware of all those tech friendly options. Those allow someone like me who is busy. I'm juggling kids and a job and a dog and a husband that tends to act like a kid and all of the things that life throws at you. But that means I can just tap into the resources in the palm of my hand. But you know what else sounds amazing? a whole hour away from my kids and job and dog and the husband that tends to act like a kid on a couch 
telling someone about my problems and having their full attention, right? Doesn't that sound dreamy? Oh, yeah. uh, and that's probably why so many are still opting to find help in the more traditional ways of seeing a therapist or a psychiatrist. But there is serious value in opening up to a licensed and trained individual to work through your issues. And these types of visits are often included for free in your company EAP program too. Absolutely. And again, if you're not interested in looking somebody face-to-face, Tons of virtual support and resources are available to you. And while you might feel a little uncomfortable asking your employer what's specifically available in your EAP, even though you shouldn't, crush those stigmas. That's right. You can easily access information online, contact the EAP service directly, and find out more about the services that are available. I am going to contact mine today and ask if they consider massage therapy as a covered type of therapy. (laughs) I'm not sure if I've seen that covered before, but seriously, you bring up a great point, Heather. Don't forget to look at ways that you can reduce some of those day-to-day struggles by addressing some of the stressors. And that really is a perfect example. If you're feeling stressed over money, then Maybe it's not a mental health expert that you need, but maybe it's somebody to help you organize your finances. If you are just struggling with not having enough time in the day to get grocery shopping done, maybe you should get those delivered online or find somebody that can help you with organization and budgeting your time. I love those ideas. That sounds right up my alley. Okay, before we wrap up, I feel like we should touch on what to do if we observe a loved one struggling or a coworker or a neighbor even. Because the truth is, as we stated earlier, everyone is dealing with something and there is nothing quite like the love and support of another human to pull you out of the trenches. But how do we do that? What do we say and what is appropriate to act on? I'm glad that you asked, Heather. I think first and foremost is treating mental health equally to physical health. What would you do if you walked by someone lying on the floor bleeding and asking for help? Would you just keep on going? Of course not. Often we pick up on signs of our friends or colleagues struggling or suffering, but we do nothing. Not because we don't care, but because we are paralyzed by not knowing what to do. We're also often fearful that we'll say the wrong thing. Here are some signs to think about. If you notice changes in behavior or appearance, if they just don't seem like themselves, or if you hear them make comments, things like everyone would be better off without me. Mm -hmm. What can you do? Acknowledge that you see them and that you hear them. Be supportive and encourage them to get help. Put it in their hand if you can. That is so helpful. This whole episode is giving me all the feels. You know, I've often quoted a popular saying that relates to this topic when my husband exhibits road rage. I say, Adam, be kind for everyone you meet is fighting a battle you know nothing about. And it's true. But the good news is that we can find help and treatment 
And sometimes the first step to doing so is just connecting with another person and acknowledging you are struggling. So Shira, if you have one closing thought to share with our listeners on this topic, what would you say? Heather, I would say that taking care of yourself is probably the most selfless thing that you can do. Be selfish to be selfless so that you can be there for the people in your life, your loved ones, the people that depend on you, the people that you care for and be your best you. Mm, I love that. Thank you for sharing. And thank you so much for being here to address this topic with me. So there you have it, folks. We can conquer benefits confusion together, one bite-sized episode at a time. From your friends here at One Digital, be well, everyone.